Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Show Me the Way, where we have conversations about the gospel and how it impacts us and the people around us. Uh, we are your hosts, Gabriel and Daniel. We're both 20-something-year-old Christians in the Bay Area. Today, our topic is coronavirus and what would Jesus do? Yeah, what would Jesus do right now in our day and age? Walking down the streets and no one's there. <laughs> That's true. That, that would be kind of inter- interesting. But yeah, like I think one important point or one important aspect of Christian life uh, that Jesus sort of demonstrates is his service to uh, those in need around him. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I definitely see that, like, especially now when things are kind of, I guess, dire. Um, you see all these churches like kind of closing down or doing online services and stuff like that. But then now for those of us that are now stuck at home, especially in California now, what what do we do that kind of lives out this Christian life, Christian walk? All right. I need to uh, adjust myself because I, I feel like I'm not even conversing with yeah. you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, like I don't know what are some what are some needs that you're seeing nowadays? Mm, definitely, it's like the the at risk groups, of course, like you know the the older people and like crazy healthy conditions, or just I, I feel like people who can't even like get out of their homes. I think at this rate, especially for California, it it when I think about it, I'm like, oh, there's definitely people who can't pick up groceries or like, and then there's also like the homeless too. It's like, what do they do? You know, we're on shelter in place, and then you have you see like this little caveat say, "But if you're homeless, please seek a shelter." <laughs> it's like, wow, there's a. I f- I felt really strange just reading "please seek a shelter" for like yeah the homeless. Mm. I I personally didn't even read the <laughs> message entirely. I just kind of skimmed it, but yeah, I didn't notice that. That's that is like pretty big. Hmm. How about how about personally? What are like needs that you've seen in people around you, or uh, needs in in your office, or like in church? And I don't know what what are some needs that you've seen personally. Um, I've definitely at work. I I see like a mixed response because the people I work with gen generally are like really young or really old, and there's not really that in between. Uh. Right, there's some in the in between, but for the most part, it is a there is that segregation right there. Um, younger people definitely don't really care if they're not affected by it. Like it's just like, oh, it's just a virus will get better. Mm. There is that. Uh, also, the the older people definitely are worried more for their parents. I think that's the main uh, main main concern is that yeah, they're they're really worried. Uh, they kind of like make. Like really crude jokes about it, but for the most part, it it is that older people are worried, younger people are not, and then you kind of see this like disconnect, and then everyone just kind of makes jokes about it too, which is really strange. <laughs> um, but that might be kind of like the the office politics things coming to work, where oh, you can't really show that you're worried or like any of these things. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we were just playing a game of Jackbox earlier today, right? <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it felt like any question or any sort of uh, game context, people just 
were able to reconnect it to coronavirus and kind of score points yeah. that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting mm. how the, I guess we're checked, we're, we're both, we're both technically Gen Z. I don't know if we want to edit that out, but um, <laughs> we're Zoomers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're Zoomers. But, you know, um, I think it's kind of like a Zoomer thing almost is to like meme about everything. Mm, yeah. And it doesn't matter like how serious or not it is. Mm. Uh, and we just kind of take that to the extreme sometimes. Yeah. Maybe as like a coping mechanism is what some people say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting on a societal level. Before we were on this, we basically have entire generations where, um, like, you know, uh, for us, our peers are definitely addicted to social media, where you have all these, I guess, meme cultures, kind of the way, main way we relate to each other. Um, I, I think a really interesting thing of, like, when you meet people, especially in a group setting, and you do like some icebreakers, there's always like this self-deprecating joke about, oh, I just sit and binge Netflix all day. I don't know if that's interesting. Um, and people kind of laugh about that. But I feel like that's kind of almost kind of sad that that's a default answer for people that, hey, like we're kind of addicted to entertainment or kind of addicted to this thing, but it's okay because you made a joke about it. Um, I'm definitely seeing like that and how that's translating into yeah the coronavirus where you see a lot of I guess racially charged memes now you know um, I don't know what what's your experience with that? Oh, that's true. Yeah, I think that's actually something that stood out to me a lot is this aspect of uh, so personally I'm Asian American even though my name is Gabriel which is relatively rare, but. Yeah, as like an Asian American, seeing all the news about Asian people being discriminated against in the United States has has had a really large impact on me and my prayer life and kind of what I'm praying about. And uh, I guess something that I was reminded of when I was praying was the widow's offering, mm -hmm. how yeah. even though she had so little, uh, she gave out a place, she gave out of a place of abundance. Uh, where she gave everything that she had. That stood out to me a lot uh, about a week ago when uh, I had signed up to serve on a serve with my church in a small team, about, I think, like 16 signups mm. total uh, to go serve at a, at a place that serves food to homeless people. Mm. Uh, called, yeah, called City Team. I don't know if you want to edit that out yeah. too, but... Um, yeah, to serve homeless people food uh, and meals. And when I was thinking about it and the dangers with respect to coronavirus, I was pretty, I think it really made the uh, idea of what it means to give when you're poor or when you're, uh, in this case, I, I, guess, I guess when you're at risk of, sort of losing something yourself, mm. what it means to sort of serve in that circumstance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, there's... That's definitely like a, a thing that I've been thinking about as well. Um, especially since like we've seen such like a wide range of responses, I think, to 
for for me, it is like yeah, my Christian circles are mostly apathetic to a lot of things, but there are a few who are very anxious for who a few who are very like personally impacted uh, through family or they're worried about their parents. Um, but I only like really see those two extremes. Um, yeah, it, it really like kind of makes me think is like, oh, on one side, you kind of have this like apathetic approach to everything. And then the other side, you kind of have like the more emotionally driven side to things. Um, I think from where I stand on things, I initially I was more on the apathetic side, to be quite honest, uh, where I'm like, I don't care if I get sick, I'll get better. But then it's trying to kind of see like, what would Jesus do? You know, that extra mile. Um, and for me, that's when I began to see like, oh, there is more of that emotional aspect. Because, um, uh, yeah, I think I can like even break it down a little bit more of like the the, the apathetic side. You generally like, or for me, I was like, at first I was pretty ignorant about it. And at some point I was like, oh, it's not a big deal. Um, and I think that's like kind of what I've seen in my friends as well. Um, and then a, a few people I've seen are genuinely anxious about it, uh, anxious over their parents, uh, grandparents, um, or even themselves if they're in the at-risk category. Um, and, I, and then I see people who are like, you know, we need to change the world, um, which is definitely way on like the, a different spectrum and everything else. But I, I think those are like kind of the four that I'm, yeah, four things that I'm seeing uh, right now. Uh, I don't know, Gabe, what what are you seeing right now uh, in your own circles? Yeah, I think that's really true. I feel like in some senses, personally, I kind of like went through a bunch of those when I was thinking about <laughs> whether or not I should go to this uh, homeless food service. Mm. Because I guess initially what struck me the most was I was a little bit apathetic about it. I was like, oh, I'm like young. Uh, I'm 20 some years old. If I get sick, I'll probably be okay. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, sure. I'll con- like, I, I confirmed. I was like, yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go serve. Um, but I was reading, I believe, I, I don't remember exactly <laughs> anymore, but I was reading the Bible and there was this section where it was talking about how, uh, how like parents and siblings will lift up their. Uh, will lift up their family members huh. basically to uh, basically to like abandon them or to uh, I don't know something something along those lines hmm. uh, with regard to the f- with regard to their perspective on the gospel hmm. I don't know if that makes sense yeah, yeah, Do, yeah. does that does that make sense <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe go into it more. Okay, give some examples. Yeah, so I think what it was talking about was that... Oh, I think it might have actually been talking about, like, around judgment. Day, <laughs> what it would be like. And it's talking about uh, those who follow the gospel, those who uh, follow Jesus, mm-hmm. will be shunned by... Uh, the people around them. Mm. And in this case, it's talking about the families. Uh, but yeah, that was somewhat of a tangent. Back to my point. Uh, originally, I was pretty apathetic, but then mm. I read that and I was like, oh, I have to talk to my parents about it. Uh, at that time, my parents were just coming back from a trip to Israel. Uh, so I hadn't had a chance to, to talk to them about me going to 
uh, going to serve the help, uh, homeless. Uh, and in my mind, I was like, okay, I need to be able to respect or honor my parents' decision. Maybe they're afraid that I, I might contract coronavirus mm. and then come <laughs> home and then like, uh, and that might affect them. So I thought it was important for me to talk to them about it. And that was kind of triggered by that, by that part of the Bible I was talking about, <laughs> which, I, which, which we will reference, we will reference in the description. Mm, mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I talked to them about it and it was honestly pretty, I think this was where I transitioned from being apathetic to being a little more aware of the situation. Mm. Uh, my parents basically reminded me that to, to some degree, I am actually like part of an at-risk category in that I've always had respiratory issues growing up, like asthma growing up. And then just last year, I think I spent, I don't know, probably like four months coughing just due to like colds and oh, yeah, and things like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe you remember too, Daniel, but I was, uh, I coughed so badly that I, I like lost my voice for like two weeks. Oh, I remember, I remember that. Yeah. Or he just couldn't speak at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was like pretty severe. Yeah. So yeah, my parents reminded me like I was at, technically at risk group and that they felt that I shouldn't go. At that point, I think I was more struck by the serious of, seriousness of it and I was more aware. Okay. The order of this is all messed up. It's fine. <laughs> it, it is. Let's um, just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. But like the other thing that I think something I was also praying about when I was more apathetic was I was reminded, as I was saying, of the of the widow's offering mm -hmm. and like being Asian American in the country. I felt like being a widow or being shunned by society as Asian mm. uh, in this news coming about Asian people, yeah. that that was my, off that was sort of God's calling to me to, uh, to give the way that the the way that the widow does. Mm. So when the world reacts by uh, discriminating against people of a certain ethnicity because of their fear for the virus, as a person of that ethnicity, in a widow's offering type of way, I would go out and serve those who are even more at risk than I am personally. Mm. I think though, when my parents told me about. Yeah, I, I'm personally being a 20-something year old, you know, everybody thinks we're, uh, we all think we're immortal, right? <laughs> uh, to some degree, even if it's not like consciously like, oh yeah, I'm immortal. But yeah. to some degree, that's kind of how we think. And my parents reminding me that I, there is like a potential risk there. Mm -hmm. Did kind of, I think it kind of woke me up in some senses and got me thinking more about the issue. Mm -hmm. But yeah, from there, I prayed about it. And I was just like, man... It doesn't matter if there's coronavirus or not. Homeless people still need these facilities to be opened mm. for them to be able to eat. Yeah. Um, and, but that was kind of balanced against this thought that, I guess, I'm at risk. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I suppose like the positive thing for society as a whole is for at-risk people to be more careful about contracting it themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. To not put extra burden on the healthcare system, you know, all these things about flattening the curve, <laughs> uh, all that type of stuff, you know. Yeah. I guess, I don't know, in, in what category would you put me at uh, at this point, if my little story here? Mm, I would definitely say you're straddling between 
apathy and like I guess more engagement um, with more of a call to action. <laughs> so I guess you're you're encompassing all three um, or all four. Um, but I think the the three that are coming up for me is yeah, kind of like what I'll call the twenty something superhero, <laughs> uh, where yeah, you feel like this sense of invincibility, like I got eighty years in my life or something. Um, and then you also have kind of like this anxiety of like, oh, like I am at risk. That's the reality of what it is. Um, and I I know for most for like people that are close around me that are anxious, they definitely are paralyzed by this uh versus um i think what you're saying is like you're you're trying to move from action to being more aware of yourself but also trying to be action and the last category action um and so what i'm seeing i'm like that that 20 20 20 something superhero i i think that really if i were to name it something else it would just be like faith in the power of god whether that's from your like your own pride or for like, you know, trust in God that I feel like there is definitely a faith that, you know, there this is a need and this is where God wants to move. Um, and then I feel like the anxiety part is just definitely bringing like that tenderness of heart of being like, okay, now you're serving these people, but you're like, hey, I'm at risk too. You know, I'm, I'm definitely feeling the things that you're feeling. And I, I think that's really only enabled by, by the Holy Spirit. Um, and then I think like the final part, the action part, uh, I'm definitely associating that with more, more of like the Jesus. What would Jesus do? You know, he'd go out, you know, he'd serve. Um, and I guess what that would look like is that when everyone's doing one thing, he goes the other way, right? Um, and so like that last part of the action of like, yeah, going to serve, the heart to serve, the heart to go to the lost um, and the people more at risk, right? Um, so I, I definitely see like, kind of the whole trinity at play with the, the range of emotions you're experiencing. And the last part, uh, the last part of being like Jesus really requiring the first two parts. Cause I, I do know that like my friends who are in healthcare um, and my friends studying healthcare or are being health students. <laughs> they've definitely, um, they're becoming more and more jaded about everything. I think uh, because they, they honestly are like the frontline people. Uh, but some some of the people that I'm talking to, they're definitely more starting to feel more jaded about everything. You know, this is real, uh, but it doesn't really matter. But it does matter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think when a lot of people want to step into action first, like, let's do something. But I think if like if you were missing that, like, that sense of invincibility, the willingness to go, and like kind of the tenderness of like this is where I'm at. I think all of that wouldn't really kind of play of what play what it means to walk with Christ. I think because honestly, we're human and we don't know what what's going on. Like me personally, I'm like I wanted to go, but at the same time, I'm also in the at risk category because um I have a history of chronic bronchitis um. I don't know if that's worth it or not. Maybe that's my 20-something superhero coming out. Um, but I, I definitely do know that um, I, I think these questions are essential to seeing how we go the other way when society pushes us in one way. And that way that like ends up hurting other people too. But, you know, <laughs> really serving people. Yeah, I do think there... Um, I do think that there's an... Well... 
uh, I guess there's kind of two sides to this coin, right? Mm. Uh, this aspect of resisting, resisting the the world, mm-hmm. or kind of resisting the like selfish pattern of the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. One one side of it is this aspect of, or like I think to me, being in that position kind of having thought through that, I saw sort of two sides of it. Mm. One side is where it's just like the rebellious nature of myself, Uh right? Where it's like, oh, this is how the world is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, this is how I'm going to do it instead. Uh, Watch this, right? Yeah, yeah. And kind of, I guess, I think, I think uh, now that I think about it, that's not really coming from the correct place. Mm. Uh I think that's really I think it's actually somewhat misplaced because um I think picking I, I guess like this thought that I've ha- been having about like what it means to pick up one's own cross. Mm. Uh if we kind of abstract the situation a little bit yeah. into just overall, mm, overall, I think like social social justice. Yeah, I, it's kind of like when people are being wronged, or when people are being discriminated against. Mm-hmm. The reaction of social justice or of the world is to look at the look at the other people who are sort of being intolerant or mm. bigots and say that they're the ones who need to like fix themselves. Yeah. Kind of like moving from moving from oh I experienced hurt mm-hmm. to oh like whoever hurt me has to change or has to pay for it, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. is which is which is true, right? Yeah. And like a zero sum game type of thing that's yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, but I think like Picking up one's cross doesn't isn't just that, right? Yeah. Um, otherwise, it would be the same as the. Otherwise, it would be the same as the world. Mm-hmm. I think picking up one's cross means that you have to understand that when you decide to pick it up, that you will be hurt by the world, or the world will try mm-hmm. to come and hurt you, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And I think, yeah. So I think. In the aspect of, uh, if we go back down to this discussion about this twenty-one some twenty-something year old savior complex, yeah. or hero <laughs> complex, it is kind of like out of a place of, oh, like this is what the world's doing. Mm-hmm. Watch what I'm gonna do, and like, kind of showing it to the world. I think mm. that's more along the lines of like social justice yeah. than it is. Uh, picking up one, uh, picking up one's cross. Mm, I, I really, what really like that. that. Yeah, I really, um, it, it really. I remember hearing something about how like we've gone from a people of redemption to a people of exacting justice. Um, especially, I think in kind of the, I, I would say the Western context of like a justice system of you know there's a zero sum. You know, you get punished. You you get awarded something. You know, there's like a trade off. 
Um, and I definitely see this, like, of course, like, yeah, social justice, um, you know, serving the poor, like, all those things are good. But it, it is, I think we've kind of forgotten God in the process, almost, where, like, it's all about the people. It's all about the people. It's all about the people. Instead of, like, um, I, I think the the shift was from, like, how does God see the people versus now how do I see the people? And I think there is that selfish thing, again, that, that we're seeing. Because um, I definitely do see, like, the people who tend to care more about, I guess, justice or ethics uh morality is like kind of the people in our in our age demographic our 20 something year olds um of like hey i want to support someone who like ethically treats this person or i want to support i think the big thing is i want to support companies you know that ethically source their materials like all these things who treat their workers mm-hmm. right um uh but yeah it's only things that we see from our eyes right it's only when we get influenced by their marketing that they're saying oh they stand for this you know instead of like um really pushing for it in in one sense like for example amazon's warehouse warehouses like you see so many medium articles about how yeah working there actually really sucks it's basically like honestly like living in a factory in china (laughs) um like yeah you're you're basically timed down to the minute of like what you can do, you have a time limit of when you can take this package there, uh, because the robots aren't advanced enough. <laughs> so like, there, there's definitely like an aspect of there's the social justice we can see, and then there's also the way that God sees people. And I think there's definitely been a shift from the God centeredness to the the me centeredness. Yeah, I, I definitely see what um, see what you're saying. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I did say something about there being two sides to the coin. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember the other side now. <laughs> maybe, maybe I already kind of described yeah. it, which I think the other side of the coin is um, hmm. it was like selfishness, I guess, right? Yeah. And then versus the other side, right? Yeah. I think I think you might have summed it up pretty good is like a focus on God, mm. right? Um, and I think putting it into the context of uh, the story I was telling, I think it is kind of the focus on picking up one's own cross, maybe. Mm. So in this case, it's like, oh, I'm an Asian person mm-hmm. who the world has chosen to discriminate against me. And in this case, I am, and I feel, like, poor in, I think, like, poor in, poor in standing, mm-hmm. right? Poor in spirit, maybe? I don't know. And from there, what is my focus? Is my focus on showing the world that they're wrong and that this is, like, and kind of in, like, a vengeful type of way serving? Mm-hmm. Or is my heart at a place where I'm saying... I may not look like I have a, a lot, mm-hmm. right? But this is what uh, this is what God has given me, and kind of mm-hmm. blessing out of a place where, yeah, this is God's uh, this is God's demonstration through me. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's the other side of the coin. Yeah. Is like, yeah, that's also like a kind of not a flip of what you said earlier about like you kind of felt like a calling to be that I guess that model, the Asian model in the sea of like anti-Asian sentiment. Um, but 
Yeah, what if it is just like, no, it's not even about being Asian. Maybe it's just, you know, even as you're discriminating against, you see people who have even even less, who are even more at risk. Um, yeah, maybe it's even more about that. So, yeah, I kind of see that position <laughs> kind of changing too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think I really like the way that you put it. Mm. It makes it much more clear. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that focus on God part that I was talking about, did that make any sense? Like, am I making sense? You know, because I'm like, what does that look like? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. What does focusing on God look like? Um, yeah, the assumptions uh, that I'm kind of taking is like, yeah, we have a prayer life, you know, is it good? I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's that's where we need to focus. Or like, are we communing with God or our, our local community around us or our Christian circles, our non-Christian circles, you know? Um, are mixed circles of those two, you know, that there's definitely a lot of those that I have. Um, and, and yeah, like, are there any changes that I have to make in just like the things that are going in my day to day, um, that kind of show more of a God center focus, or is it like, Oh, I just need to read the word more or, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what does that look like? Um, I guess in, in the midst of all the coronavirus that's going on. Hmm. Yeah, so I think, like, the way that our pastor put it a couple of weeks ago is pretty good. Mm. Like, as Christians, we, uh, we, we, we have, there is, like, an aspect of practicality to the way we live as Christians. Mm. Um, and then there's also the impractical, which is, I think, a calling to take risks that don't make sense to the world. Mm. Uh, but it makes sense in the service of the kingdom of God, right? Mm, mm. Mm. And I, I think, um, yeah, I guess going off of the, continuing the story that I was telling, I guess uh, maybe maybe we can kind of think about this practical versus impractical with like a story along mm. with it. Um, I was really struggling because I was like, oh, I have to decide. I have to tell the person who's leading this trip or leaving this uh leading this service team Mm -hmm. uh whether or not i can commit to going or not Mm -hmm. and what i and i was pretty torn because in my prayer all i could see was i guess all i could see was god there's this need right Mm -hmm. and I feel like I have to do something about it. Mm. Um, but I'm balancing it against this fact that I am at risk and there I have to uh, respect the decisions of my parents as well. Mm. Uh, kind of balancing these things and in my mind, I think the uh, reality of the situation did not exceed the impra- the impractical calling. Mm. Yeah. But I spoke to my 
I spoke to uh I spoke to our pastor and basically what he said was well in your prayer do you feel like God is calling you to go out there and die <laughs> and I was like oh that's actually kind of a good point I don't really think so I think that's like a little uh a little bit I think like a calling to go and die for something, God will probably be pretty clear about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll have different thoughts on this, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the way that I kind of, uh, see myself at that point was, it wasn't that the reality and the practicality of the situation really outweighed like the impractical calling or really was outweighed by the impractical calling so much as it was that I just was not able to see the reality for what it was. Um, right. Mm. Um, and kind of, and kind of like when my pastor kind of said that to me, it was like, Oh, so this is actually like the weight of reality that I'm weighing against this, like impractical calling. Mm. And at that point I just, uh my decision was to not mm. not not go not go to serve uh on this trip. Yeah. Uh yeah. What are what are your thoughts on that? Mm. Yeah, I I think one thing is that there's definitely been like a reframing uh that happened <laughs> to you. And I'm just thinking like, okay, Practically, yeah, what does it look like? And in kind of in reframing to be more God-centered, I think I think there really has to be a definition of success in this case. Because I feel like you can always say, like, there's a lot of good things in this life. I think I say, like, it's good to go after those things, you know, prayer, Bible, you know, meeting up with people, serving. Um, but it's another thing to say, like, did I obey God, you know? Um, and I think for me now, like, yeah, especially after hearing, I, I definitely ag uh, agree in that, like, you have to take what your actual command and what your calling is seriously, right? So if your calling is to stay safe, you know, stay safe by all means. Um, but if your calling is to go out, then I feel like, yeah, God would definitely make that clear. And another point to that is, um, I think for, for like the literal translation of sin, right? It's to, to miss the mark. Um, and it's like, in this context, it's like, do we miss the mark on uh, kind of going for a calling? Do we miss the mark? Do we, do we you know, get this correctly? Because I feel like this is all these things that like we can see and that we can go for. But I, for me personally, it's like, did I, did I honestly like hear from God and obey him? You know? And if he said nothing, did I just do something else that was outside of his command, you know? Um, so I think there's definitely those two dueling thoughts of like, all right, um, I'm going to miss the mark here, or I'm going to do what I want to do, or I'm going to obey God, you know? Because what you want to do is usually never like totally a bad thing, and usually there's elements of good in it, uh, versus like obeying God is a completely different matter where he has a specific path set out for like all of us. Um, I guess for me, I didn't actually sign up for the, <laughs> for that uh, service, um, but I definitely felt the heart of like I really want to go. But um, 
I think for for my own prayers through through my own um, yeah my own walk with God with it, it definitely felt like no, I I do have um, a different setting, a different calling uh, uh, for me, and one that being that like at the same time, uh, uh, I was helping out run this weekly Bible study, and I'm like I wanted a consistent space for that, um, especially for those, uh, especially in the the coronavirus where a lot of the people are very isolated just by the nature of the policy. And so like, for me, I, I definitely felt like there is like kind of a place to bring community together. Um, mm. In that sense, my, my definition of success is did I obey God? I feel like I obey God in, in that sense. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with what you're saying um, of that. There definitely needs, I said definitely a lot, but there, there has to be a reframing of, um, yeah, just the way we we view on what's good in life, what's what what's the thing that we should do, what's success. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and even pers- I mean, even within, even reflecting on like the, at the time, what felt like a calling mm-hmm. from God, actually was mostly like personal rebellious nature, <laughs> and being like, oh, like I'm gonna show the world. Mm. This is me. I'm 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 like an Asian American, and you guys are like discriminating against my people. Well, watch this. <laughs> do you, Do you think? Yeah. So I guess. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, finish your thought. Yeah. No. no uh. I, it, my thought was pretty much. Uh, what were you gonna say? It, I I'm just seeing a lot of par- uh, parallels with the what was it the thing that we were studying Moses. You know, Moses was like, you know, one of the people, he wanted to avenge his people, you know. And he was like, hey, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to deliver, you know, the safer complex. Wow. <laughs> do you feel like you kind of relate to that more, more deeper um, in this sense now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always like a, I think it's always kind of an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Or something that as Christians uh, who want to serve. Yeah. It's like this balance between, or not, I, I don't like saying things are like a balance between mm-hmm. because I think ultimately there is like the way that God has set before us, right? Yeah. Mm. But it is something that we have to evaluate, which is, uh, have I taken on the role of the savior mm. as opposed to continuing to take on the role of the servant, the way that Jesus has like demonstrated with uh, his death on the cross, mm. right? Is yeah. like, really really fully serving that role as a servant uh or have i decided that decided that i am like god and i am the savior Mm. who's gonna come in here and kind of fix things right Mm. yeah like i guess in your sort of uh like you said that you've seen these like different levels of, or not different levels, uh, the spectrum of people who and responses to the coronavirus. Yeah. What? Uh, I guess. How do you think that's affected how? How do you think that's affected your relationships with people or mm. uh, your discussions with people? Maybe like. Maybe there's been some heat in like the, in the discussions. <laughs> yeah, what what do you think about that? Um, What's your experience in that? Yeah, I, yeah. There's definitely like, especially recent. There's definitely been a couple 
Um, I think for people that are kind of like around my age, there there's definitely or our age, there's definitely that sense of like the the twenty something superhero where it's just like oh whatever that superhero ness. Um, and it is like I, I feel like there should be more of a depth and more of a care towards towards other people. Um, like one of my friends, he's he he was on a mission trip in Hawaii, uh, with uh with YRAM World Circuit Riders. Um, and like what I found was him coming back. He was really bummed, and I was like, oh. Um. I'm still kind of like thinking through like his response. Um, he he was definitely a lot more like, uh, definitely more lighthearted about things. But I feel like for me personally, I I would have, especially in the context of like a mission, I would have definitely appreciated more of like a more depth into that response. But maybe it is just like oh, the time and the place was wrong. Um, and it was just like a couple of quick texts that that we sent each other. Um, so that's like definitely one response that I would have appreciated more. Like now that I'm kind of more aware of like the seriousness of it, I would have definitely appreciated like um, yeah, this other person seeing that. But again, the world's not about me. So, <laughs> uh, and I think another example of that is um, yeah, with my girlfriend is like she she's definitely had some thoughts about it where like she's going to the supermarket just picking up things for for the week, you know, for work. Uh, and she's like, I've never been seen it so empty. It's 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 really like, has has the world gone mad? Uh, and for me, I'm coming from a place of like apathetic feelings, so I definitely didn't understand that at the time. But I think as I kind of seen things more um, in the day day to day of like, oh, like I go to Costco and the lines everywhere and like all the pallets are empty. I'm like, oh, okay, that's. I can definitely see where my girlfriend was coming from. So I, it, it is definitely like a learning experience for me in terms of like, you know, there, there's like the good, the, the part that I should take from each of these encounters, these responses, you know, because I do think that there is something there. Um, but yeah, I, I think in terms of my relationships with other people, it, it's honestly just been more, more of a learning moment of like seeing like, oh, this is what they're going through, you know, oh, um or maybe like they, they just it's completely in the back of their mind you know um mm. so yeah that that's kind of like how i've been going through it yeah what about mm. yeah i guess like what about you in yeah the spectrum of things yeah i guess hmm in like the spectrum of things, I think, yeah, I guess we're both coming from the same place. I guess everybody in some senses has to start at the same place, <laughs> which is um, when you don't really like see or you haven't heard about it too much, then you're obviously more apathetic. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, uh, and I think some people like, will ramp up faster than others. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think definitely in my experience with how other people are going through the situation. I guess
Yeah, I think there are definitely I'm pausing a lot because there's actually like a lot of, uh, it is like a very sort of heavy experience to kind of see how everybody's going through mm. it. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know if this like directly answers your question, mm. but one of the needs that I've seen recently from through, through my dad's interactions mm-hmm. is just, uh we 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 we'll, we'll like occasionally like once a month or so take our dog to a dog hotel mm. uh basically so he can like stay over for a couple of days and just like play and uh play with other dogs and also get a bath afterwards <laughs> uh that's like his monthly bath time right and when we went to pick up the dog Oh, when we went to pick up our dog, his name's Udon. <laughs> when we went to pick up Udon, uh, the business owner of that dog hotel was basically like, oh yeah, we basically lost 80% of our customers mm. because uh, in the Bay Area right now, we have this thing called shelter in place where every there are six counties that have just made this like county-wide policy where it's just like, oh, everybody should stay at home. Um, and only, like, ne- necessary businesses should remain open. Mm-hmm. And pretty much for, like, this dog hotel, they're like, well, we got to pay our bills. Like, they, they rent out, like, a relatively large space to be able to hold, hold dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, what are we going to do about paying our workers now that nobody's paying us? Nobody's, like, bringing us business. Mm. Um, and yeah, for those people, they're not even like necessarily, they're probably not even making that much per se. Right. Mm -hmm. So for them to get laid off because of the situation, it's just, I think it's, I think it's sort of this aspect of, wow, my eyes are opened to this experience of this situation. Mm -hmm. That in my mind, I'm like, whoever made like this shelter in place policy should have uh, probably saw this happening. Mm. But I guess they just kind of decided, oh, like, we're just going to like make this policy first and then like maybe, maybe rectify it or not. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's pretty. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like, Definitely the seriousness of the steps that we're taking as a society to try to limit the coronavirus Mm -hmm. itself are actually, in some senses, maybe it's almost as though it's difficult to tell if the cost is worth like the result. Mm. Mm. yeah i there's definitely like a whole bunch of we're entering like into political theory space (laughs) uh which is then like of course i feel like for one it's like 
for me, how I've kind of viewed politics and how I viewed like, I guess like large corporations too. I don't know authority <laughs> is uh, especially non-Christian authority. I, I think how I view it is that they're trying their best in their worldview. Um, and then there's also, and then as we enter that space and as we're kind of existing in that space, now now it's like, okay, now you have people at the local level, you know, our local governors, mayors, um, that kind of thing that are making policies. And you have the national level where like you have these overarching things. Um, and the main thing is, uh, like you hear everywhere, is just, just stop the coronavirus. That's going to, you know, the long-term effects are going to be worse than the short-term effects. Um, and like, to be quite honest, like, I, I kind of think back like a couple weeks ago, like the basically Asian food places, that was basically the same thing too. Where it wasn't even a policy, but people just by mental association with Asianness, right? As we talked about earlier, that yeah, these these places were not getting a lot of business. You know, some of them were considering to close down, um, ju- just until it's over. Um, I know, like uh, one of my friends' families, uh, family friend families, they they own a, a Chinese restaurant, and they like basically the owner, her dad, the owner. Um, was was not taking pay the entire time this happening just so that he could get his workers to get paid through this whole thing um and like my friend who also recently got laid off it, it's like uh he he works in the hospitality industry and his boss he he said his boss has never looked so i guess depressed or like so dead in a while because he's had to make these decisions of like hey like our occupancy is super low and projection is not going to look good for a couple months um so they so yeah he was like he has to let go of his best people um so i think it's not even just a policy thing but it is it was already happening um and like navigating and then trying to rectify that as like say you're in a position of power say you're the mayor or whatever and you have a position of power for that trying to rectify that is also a very difficult thing as well because it's like people are already losing business and the more people get coronavirus the more people are going to lose business but as we shut down business people are going to lose business so <laughs> i really feel like it is like choosing a lesser of two evils because i i i don't know what the solution the exact solution is um Maybe we should have been more prepared, better prepared as a society. Who knows? You know, we'll see in a couple of years when the numbers come out. <laughs> uh, but mm. yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying that like that people are actually losing jobs and people who who really need the money, who really need to be able to support their families, support their themselves, um, are really struggling. Yeah. Yeah, and. I guess though I think this is I think this is also like a worldly tendency that I maybe just like noticed mm. right in in myself and then also in like yeah I yeah yeah I guess like a worldly tendency is to say mm-hmm. look at this problem that's created by a big problem mm. or look at look at these look at these uh I mean, look at these issues created by policy. Yeah. It's like the fault of the policymaker, yeah. right? And we instantly go to, oh, 
like the policymaker should have done something better. Yeah. Right. But I think just like you were saying, right, it's kind of like a lose, lose, lose. Yeah. <laughs> where it doesn't matter like what you do, mm-hmm. you're just going to be losing. Yeah. Um, and I think like as members of society and not as, um, and have like very like limited, limited, uh, limited impact on policy. Mm-hmm. We kind of look at it and we're like, like we don't care about like the large scale numbers. We just care about, oh yeah, look at these people who are hurting from this, yeah. right? Um, and maybe going back to like the point earlier about like picking up one's cross mm. and how how it was kind of like oh uh, in in the earlier analogy it was also about oh instead of really focusing on picking up my cross i'm gonna go and like point fingers or like blame and put my energy into blaming whoever is like in power right mm. um yeah. or whoever we see as like authority in the situation mm-hmm. Uh, I guess where I'm kind of going with this is that even though the effect of the policy is negative, mm-hmm. maybe part of like the Christian role in this is to take that as like the reality of the situation mm-hmm. and look look to how it is that we're supposed to serve, uh, serve in the midst of like this reality. Mm, of the situation, like how do we fill to, like, in the gaps that we see? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because ultimately society will always leave some people behind. Yeah. And it doesn't matter like how much a political Okay, I'm getting a little bit political. <laughs> Technically, there are like uh political platforms, I suppose, that are more emphasizing the people who are marginalized or left behind. Yeah. Ultimately, like even they will leave somebody behind. Mm-hmm. And maybe our role as Christians is like not just to look at the high level because politicians are looking at the numbers or ultimately looking at that. Yeah. Right? Maybe, maybe it is kind of like our place to look at like the marginalized that not even that policies can't help. Right? Yeah. It takes, it takes a human touch. It takes, uh, it takes like the gospel really working mm. to actually solve people's problems. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's kind of where we should be. Mm more focused on as a church, more focused on in our prayers too. Yeah. Right. It's always good to pray for the politicians and pray for policies and pray for reform. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that it is like an issue with human nature is to look towards like grandiose, mm-hmm. um, like try to seek out, Oh, like I want to be like this grand and I want my prayer to affect like this yeah. big change, right? <laughs> yeah. As opposed to like focusing on there's when we go out and help somebody, for all uh for all we know, through our helping this person, mm-hmm. God may may have the opportunity to save that person's soul, mm-hmm. right? Um yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my two cents. What do you think about that? Mm, yeah no i it, it definitely like if you think of like of course you're talking about not thinking about high level but like kind of in a high level in a sense it's it's like the church is granted a non-profit status 
so that it can leverage resources to help the community, right? It's like a mutually beneficial a relationship that the church has with the state, you know, of we'll give you a nonprofit status, you serve the community, right? Uh, of course, like the, the, the state will try to save, like serve the community as much as it can. But if we're honest, as we're saying, like there's definitely always people always being left behind. Um, and like, quick, especially in quick acting policies, there's definitely people always being left behind. Um, and then, yeah, maybe it is our, our place as the church to fill in those gaps. Because, um, uh, yeah, the, those are the people that I, I feel like would understand the gospel the most. Because they're in a spot where they've they've been wronged, or they're not going to good in a good spot, and this is where the gospel speaks the most truth in in times of dire need. Um. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely definitely see see your point, and definitely agree uh, with it. Um. I, I guess the thought that I'm thinking more of, like, so then practically, what does that look like for us now, like as as two members of the body, as two members of the church, um, what does it look like for us to serve in like these spaces then? You know, of course, we, we talked about the homeless earlier, but, you know, and then, of course, people getting laid off. Like, what, what does that look like? Hmm. Yeah, I think part of like serving a need is like people have to see a need, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I think just just like just like uh we we were actually discussing in our small group was like uh Moses or Jesus when he sees like the like the wait no actually it was going over I think it was going over uh Moses yeah Moses yeah well yeah when God sees the need of his people when he sees the suffering of his people he goes and he serves right Mm -hmm. and I think there's an aspect of needing to understand the suffering of who you're helping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think without going into like, oh, like what does it mean to understand? Yeah. Right? And getting to, getting to, uh, to theological, like caught up yeah. in the detail. Yeah. Right. Um, I think though, as members of the church, maybe one way we serve is we do bring to attention this issue. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I think seek attention from leadership mm-hmm. within the church for how we can kind of serve this issue mm. as a church. Yeah. I, I just said like church, church, church yeah. so many times. Right. But I think that's important. Yeah. 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 Because, uh, sometimes even each of us as like individuals uh, going out to serve and kind of bearing the cross individually mm-hmm. is, is a good thing. Yeah. But it is important that we do encourage like our brothers and sisters. Mm. Um, like Christian life isn't just, Oh, I will like live life right and obey God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suddenly like nobody else in the church matters to me because I'm doing things right, right. Yeah. I think the heart, if we are moved by the spirit, then that should also move others mm. around us uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I really like that. Things done in community by rather than yourself. Yeah. Mm. It, it kind of brings back like the stories of 
Paul, where his his little, I guess, the way it looked like he was serving his ministry, of course, starting churches, but it looks like it was really just like spurring his brothers and sisters on, whether that is through rebuke, um, through his letters, or encouragement, or prayers. Um, it, it did look like, yeah, in, in the end, it is how do we build up our community in this way? Um, how do we kind of spur each other on to run this race better, uh, more effectively, more, um, you know, just more in line with what God wants us to do. Yeah, I, I really, I really like the point that you made. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely difficult times, you know. <laughs> I, I guess as like a, kind of like a take home for both of us um but just more like so what are you then thinking of like in terms of or is there like a thing that you can imagine or is there like a program that you can imagine that the church doing for the community or is there like yeah like what do you see the 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 church in general i guess the church of the bay area doing uh, to help serve these people. Maybe I'll just flip that question back. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess what I'm thinking right now is like, yeah, what does the church look like? I, I definitely see see it like, especially like the, the whole thing with the, the homeless ministries, the homeless services. I, I really see that, yeah, those definitely need to be, like, the church needs to be supporting that. In fact, it, this, the church should be, like, covering that, you know, in, in prayer and in, in resources if it has, you know, uh, like, everything. Um, I guess in other ways, it is for the church. Um, I, I it, it definitely looks like kind of more, it, it depends on the individual, but since like each person's story is so localized to within even more so within their smaller communities, right? Whoever they're talking to. Um, I feel like it's even more important for yeah us who, who are believers to really be reaching out to really be like offering whatever we can um, in that. And I see that as like a movement of the, like the church of the barrier of, Hey, let's, let's move as a body in this way individually as like, you know, hands and feet. Um, mm. in that way too, you know, maybe, maybe the church can look like, Hey, could do like a grocery run program, you know, where like they specifically have, um, contact people who are helpers of elderly or look, look for those people, you know, and be like, Hey, we have a service. We can deliver your, your groceries for you, you know? Um, so you don't have to worry about it. We'll also include, I don't know, like a, like a wipe, you know, <laughs> to help clean the groceries after you hand it off, you know, like. I guess to like even to that minute detail of like care and and touch, I think that's what that's like some of the things that the the church and the barrier could be could be doing. Mm. Yeah, I think actually I'm going off something that you mentioned a while ago, mm-hmm. but um, and to your, to your question about like what does a program look like, mm-hmm. I think I really like that idea of like doing a doing a uh like a grocery run program mm-hmm. for people who like I, I don't know it's like you couldn't imagine like a 70 80 plus year old like fighting for toilet paper <laughs> yeah. or something like yeah. that you know uh yeah but 
Yeah, I think like another program that would be interesting is uh, I'm reminded of uh, you mentioned to me uh, uh, before mm-hmm. a church that every every year is it or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They go they go and they send their they they just say, oh, we're not having service this week. Uh, go out to the churches around here, mm-hmm. and this this week you're gonna tithe at that church. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, like going off of that idea, mm-hmm. especially in this time where everything's like online, I wonder what the operation cost of the church of our church is like, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and whether or not it would make sense instead of continuing to tithe to to the church, ultimately like serving God's ministry with our money, mm-hmm. uh, in a different way, mm. and maybe that is like, uh somebody brings it up to the church like oh what are businesses that people in our church uh often support yeah. or often use mm. that are being affected by this virus yeah. and maybe our tithe goes out to helping those businesses uh and you know like i don't know if we maybe there's like a restaurant yeah. who uh somebody at our church has a personal relationship with the business owner yeah then we could all like order from that place or something yeah. like that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, especially at our church where like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, right. But, mm-hmm. uh, as like a member of the church, yeah. I know that we have like a pretty large bank balance and <laughs> that we're definitely not spending as much as we're getting. Uh. Um, and I'm not saying like, oh, we should like use that bank balance. I'm saying that mm-hmm. like in this time, we don't need to be continuing to accrue more and more money. Yeah. We should be, uh, even though we are looking for like a church building for our church, mm-hmm. right? But uh, this could be the time where rather than storing up treasures on earth, right? Mm-hmm. We're going out and we're <laughs> really putting our money where it counts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. How about how about at a personal level? Mm. How do you think that you can help like the people around you? I guess yeah, I guess the first thing that I said, you know, being kind of the hands and feet of like, hey, just like reaching out, seeing if you can help. I think that is the most the easiest, honestly. Easiest, most tangible. If there's people that you've known, people you haven't reconnected with, you know. Then I, I or for me, like I feel like, yeah, I'm definitely getting more messages than I'm sending out. Very weirdly, <laughs> um, but that just really, I think that really just encourages me to reach out to even more people, um, and just saying like, hey, how are you doing? Um, you know, how how are things with so and so, or you know, how's your family doing? I, I think um, that's been really helpful in kind of like reinforcing already existing community. Um, or maybe restarting ones that you know I haven't really um, <laughs> haven't really like maintained in a while. Um, so I think that's like one way of more more of like a little personal level, something that's very easy. You know, one text does not take a lot of time unless you're that type of perfectionist who takes a long time to figure out what the perfect text is. Then maybe it is once a week for you. <laughs> but you know, I, I do feel like there's that intention, that effort, that that kind of should be there. Um, of course, all starting from prayer, starting from a place of like, hey, I want to be like 
the, the hands and feet of the church, you know, hands and feet of the body. Um, so that, that being the first one, I, I think the second one, um, that was pretty important, or like that we talked about as a small group is just reconnecting with family. I feel like that's definitely, I feel like everyone has some type of family wound or like, you know, there's something that's never been, you know, mentioned. It, it can be good or bad, you know. Uh, like for me, it, it is like, oh, I want to kind of get to know my mom's story a little bit more, you know, even though she's all the way far away across the ocean, you know, I, I do want to like kind of see like, oh, how was it for her growing up? Um, trying to rebuild stories. And it, I've been having this thought in a, for a while, but I think even now, or like now would be a really good time for me to really start that process of like, hey, like share some stories with me. You know, how was it growing up? You know? because mm. um, it does like really put an interesting spin on things when you're like your parents basically contextualize themselves to you <laughs> um, mm. uh, or if your grandparents if you're uh, you know lucky enough to have that in your immediate household right now um, yeah mm, yeah I think that's a really good one yeah. the family one yeah, yeah. Mm. I think yeah now what about you me personally yeah, uh, me personally, I think. Hmm. I guess I'm generally like okay about reaching out to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, I meant I wanted to say this, but <laughs> or, or I'm memeing you a little bit, but you're pretty popular, huh? Like a lot of people messaging you. <laughs> no, man. Nah, 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 fam. I was just as surprised as you are. <laughs> okay sure 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 yeah I, I think like um personally <clears throat> yeah i think i can like reach out to people more mm-hmm. uh I, oh i guess like a big part is like keeping people's needs in prayer and like mm. really figuring out what their needs are. yeah yeah um yeah, I guess that's something that I think yeah, I think this I, I guess like a thought I've had is that this coronavirus is in some senses God's opportunity for uh what is uh, for us like for our church yeah. that's relatively affluent. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for us to have like a really obvious humble way to serve Mm. right or a really obvious way that god is humbling us and uh in that humility giving our service more impact yeah right Mm -hmm. um and so yeah maybe that is just uh personally i think like because i have so much more time now it's like really uh Kind of understanding people's uh, people's needs mm-hmm. better, and yeah. really being able to pray from a place that digs deep into what God kind of wants to speak for their life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of like uh, how I'm thinking. Like personally, I could really do uh, really in this time do the work that God has set before me is like really increasing in 
intercessory intercessory prayer. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. To say that, like, one of the people that texted me uh, randomly, she, I think she's like Shinto Buddhist or something. <laughs> uh, but I was like, oh, I guess this is a gospel opportunity, huh? <laughs> so, um, what I kind of did was, like, yeah, mm-hmm. as we were talking, of course, like, you know, it's just like, oh, it's been a while since, like, I've, I've talked to her. So we're just like, oh, how are you doing? All those things. Uh, but this last little bit, I was just like, Am I really gonna commit my, commit myself to it? And I was like, okay, whatever. And I and I just said, you know, I'll I'll be praying for you, you know. And I think, um, I think something weird that happened was like she said, I'll be praying for you too. And I'm like, am I not understanding Buddhism properly? But it's like, is this what? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I definitely know like you pray to like you know the gods in in Buddhism, but I'm like, oh. <laughs> Mm. You know, yeah, I actually took a class on Buddhism. Yeah. I think Shinto Buddhism or like, uh, like East Asian Buddhism is also like closely related to Confucianism and, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess like it is more culturally embroiled. Mm-hmm. So there, uh, rather than like meditation, there is also aspects of like prayer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I just thought that was like an interesting experience. But, you know, even those little things, I think they do count. Um, especially like a time like this. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah, those little touches praying and um, yeah, maybe there'll be some fruits, fruits of labor. <laughs> yeah, I think as definitely with prayer, whether we know or like see the fruits, mm-hmm. I think God is always like working something out of them. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. That's good. Cool. How about um to close off this podcast? Mm. How do you feel uh, about bringing up let's think let's take a few like I don't know, like a minute or so to think about a verse mm. that you think uh will be able to have impact on how it is that we carry ourselves, uh, c- carry out into, mm. yeah, yeah, into, yeah, this little bit, yeah. I'll probably, I'll probably cut out, uh, cut out me saying that, yeah. And yeah, once we found a verse, I'll think of a better way to put it. Yeah. I'm gonna go pee real quick.
my computer is dying. Do I sound any different? Do I sound any different? I actually can't really tell. Nice. I don't think so. Lavaliers. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They work well like that. Yeah. Yeah, my, my computer was dying, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess the preamp is probably pretty similar. Yeah. Whichever thing you're using. Yeah. I've chosen my verse. I have a, a verse too. <laughs> yeah. W- which one did you choose? Um, I guess the the verse to kind of wrap everything up is uh, from Luke Luke seven, uh, thirty one to thirty five. It talks about uh, kind of uh, Jesus basically. This is his retort to the Pharisees and everyone. Uh, so this is what he says, verse 31. Wait, okay, okay, okay. Let's start over. I'm going to in- intro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, okay, I'm going to restart okay. that. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, dang it. Okay. Thanks everybody for joining us in Show Me The Way. Uh, wait, is that what it's called? Show Me The Way? Show Me yeah. The Way. Okay. Yeah. Thanks everybody for tuning in to Shoo Me the Way. We thought it would be a good idea to uh, close out with a Bible verse. Both me and Daniel will choose one that kind of encompasses what we've talked about, but also I think hopefully our fellow brothers and sisters out there might might be able to be encouraged uh, as they go out into this coronavirus situation right now. Yeah, so what verse did you pick, Daniel? I chose Luke 7, 31 to 35. This is Jesus's retort to uh, basically the Pharisees and his critics um, about like the things that he's doing. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, Luke 7, 31. Uh, to what then shall I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sing a dirge, and you did not weep. For John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine, and you say, he has a demon. 
The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, yet wisdom is justified by all her children. Um, especially that, that last uh, 35. I, I think it really encompasses that, you know, as Christians, it's, it's very easy to like put on the, the mask of the world to really walk what the world's doing. Uh, but I, I feel like, especially for me and especially for, like, I guess, our church, there, there really is a calling to be different to kind of not go the way the world expects us to, but to, yeah, to be wise, but, you know, to be wise in the kingdom. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. So the verse that I picked was Matthew uh, 30, or yeah, Matthew 25, 31 to 40. Mm. Mm. Um, And the section is titled The Final Judgment, or in the ESV, it's titled The Final (laughs) Judgment. Uh, yeah, so Matthew 25, 31 to 40. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry when you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? And when, and when did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did, you did it to me. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um, I think it ties in well with what we were talking about earlier is even though God judges the nations, Mm -hmm. ultimately, ultimately God separates us at an individual level and kind of not just focusing on like the huge picture of like the nation and like the policies, Mm -hmm. but also focusing at the individual level who, who we can help and those types of things. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, like a pretty good summary mm, yeah all right thank you for joining us this is shoo me the way yeah this has been shoo me the way <laughs> shoo me the shoo way, me the way. <laughs> nice all right end recording